everyone, and welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director for Meetings Today. And um, if you're listening to this on uh, May 19th, uh, Thursday, May 19th, it's 11th Annual Global Accessibility Awareness Day. So uh, we're uh, happy to uh, bring this content to you today uh, from CVent featuring a a um, couple folks from CVAC, Carl Aldrich, Senior Director of Product Management, and Stephen Cutchins, um, Senior Product Manager for Accessibility, which I think is a relative. I think, um, Stephen, you've been with the uh, CVAC since January and brought in just for this role? Yep, new position. Been doing accessibility 17 years, but been doing it here for uh, about five months. And um, I was looking at your bio, too. Um, and that you, it says you work closely with people, uh, alongside people with disabilities, including those who are blind, uh, deaf, or have physical disabilities. And then you come from a family um, with a mother who was an amputee, two cousins who were in wheelchairs. So this is really something that's, that's close to you. And uh, you've really, uh, the subject you've had an intimate involvement with your whole life, right? Yeah, well, that's why it clicked. So my mother, she lost her life to cancer when I was very young, like single digit age. And um, to pro try to prolong her life, they uh, she had bone cancer, they took one of her legs off. So I remember being, you know, eight years old. And, you know, this is given my age here, but I mean, this is back in the kind of early 70s when even an automatic open door wasn't a guarantee. Yeah. So I remember her struggling to, you know, I would have to run up and open the doors, that kind of thing. So later, since after she died, my uh, my aunt and uncle who had two kids with uh, physical disabilities, one of them had cerebral palsy, severe enough where they they weren't able to talk. They um, he he Davy he could crawl a little bit, but was really kind of immobile. So you know, I would be a ten year old kid pushing my wheelchair at Disney for vacation. And by the way, it was always Disney because at the time Disney was only the place that could really facilitate kids in wheelchairs. So I mean, it's been my whole life. And I got I, I lucked into it about seventeen years ago. Um, I was on a project, and they said, "Figure out this ADA thing, this WCAG stuff. We have no idea what it is. Do it off the side of your desk, make it work." And it it clicked. And you know, almost two decades now, I'm still doing it. Wow, that's very commendable. So you've seen the whole uh, the whole generation and uh, increase in prominence of this topic, and and probably even uh, those there's been major advances in it. Uh, I mean, it's it's still there's a lot of people are slow to adopt to it, right? And I'm I'm glad to hear Cvent is really on board with this, and and we'll talk more uh, about what Cvent um, did at Connect. Etc. around this. Um, but um, before we get to that, um, thank you for joining us, um, uh, Carl. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, why don't you tell everyone what you do for CVent? Yeah, so I lead our, our product management team really focused around attendee experiences. So, you know, how people can participate in events, um, live, on demand. Um, obviously, the past couple of years, we've been doing a lot related to virtual events, which have an amazing impact in terms of making live events more accessible to everyone, um, but also providing all the technology that people use on site, um, you know, mobile apps to discover what's happening, figure out where they need to go, understand what's on their schedule, schedule appointments, things like that. So really looking at the attendee experience for events as a whole. Um, which means really taking accessibility into account and super excited to have Steven here to, to really help us also push not just our own products forward, but also the industry 
and really create more awareness um, amongst you know event planners and marketers around how they can you know accommodate everyone um, when they're planning their events and really think about reaching a broader audience. Well, just in general, why is this important to uh, the meetings and events industry? Why should they prioritize accessibility? Well, I can answer that. So they always should have. I mean, we are, are, are the reason our business is here is to bring people together. And yeah. it used to be a little more, let's bring people together in a place. Now it's, you know, the best thing about COVID. Now it's let's bring people together, period. Not all of them are in the same place. And I think with outside of just events, just schools, education, suddenly it was, I mean, I have two kids. Suddenly it's like they're home here. I'm, I'm lucky. My, my kids can see, my kids can hear, my kids can use a mouse. They can use a keyboard. What about those parents that they could, their kids couldn't? What about somebody who had a kid who had ADHD and suddenly you expect him to stare at a screen all day? It, it's, it was a, a, a massive paradigm shift, paradigm shift in how we have to share information, how we have to connect people. And um, yeah, and that's what actually, it's fantastic. Some of our the customers that are coming and really appreciating this the most are like higher education and they realize this isn't going away. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it's such an important thing just from a business perspective as well. Um, you know, around a quarter of adults in the U.S. experience some type of disability, uh, around 20% globally. So, you know, anyone who is not taking that into account just from a, a marketing standpoint is really missing out on the opportunity to, to reach a much broader audience and, and make sure that they're actually maximizing the opportunity that they have as a business. So, you know, it's not only um, just the right thing to do in terms of making the world a better place. It's also really important from a business perspective. And um, as I mentioned earlier, at Connect 2022, Events Connect, um, it featured a keynote from a, a deaf activist, Neil DeMarco, um, who zeroed in on the need for improved accessibility for those with disabilities. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to attend that, but maybe, uh, maybe what are some of the highlights of that? And then also, um, you know, how has the pandemic and really I guess this, you know, uh, the sophistication of virtual and hybrid events uh, kind of pushed the needle uh, or moved the needle on um, accessibility. Yeah, good question. I mean, we can we could probably both speak to that a little bit. I mean, we were super excited to have him join us for Connect. I, I felt like that was a really impactful experience for people. Um, also, good news, Tyler. You can watch it on demand uh, if you missed it. So uh, it's it's still accessible um, to you. And, you know, for, for us, I think that helped, um, you know, create more awareness in our audience. And um, that's part of what we're trying to do also in, in doing this and in doing more outreach just to share, you know, what people might want to think about in terms of creating those more accessible experiences. Um, I think, you know, like Steven said, that there's a lot of positive things in terms of technology and accessibility coming from COVID. Um, you know, both in terms of people having to think about it more because all of a sudden, you know, they're hearing from people who aren't physically there that they need some help to figure out, you know, how to participate in an event. Um, but, you know, also because it's really pushed innovation in mm -hmm. tools like web-based video conferencing solutions, and it's really pushed um, a, a bigger investment in services like remote interpretation for different languages, um, including sign languages, which helps people reach a, a much a broader audience more effectively through their remote meetings and events. Um, so all of that has really helped 
push you know what we're able to provide in a positive direction as well as just the technology industry as a whole yeah and so, so much of this they say it's you know useful useful for all that it's mandatory for some things like captions mm -hmm. i mentioned i have have a middle schooler and a high school two kids so they're home suddenly i'm working i'm on a webinar i need to understand what's going on instead of blasting up the volume i turn on captions yeah and for me, it's absolutely nothing to do with accessibility. It's just more convenient. Um, and for somebody who's, you know, for, again, I, I'm lucky. I can hear what they're saying. It's just more difficult because of all the mess going around in my house. For somebody who's, who's uh, deaf, they don't have that, that luxury. So for them, it's mandatory. And little things like that, people are starting to realize, like, all these little, you know, movements in the industry more and more. It's it's helping everybody, but for some people, it's it's that or they can't attend. And, and I think probably the improvements in AI technology has really helped this immensely, right? Yeah, Tyler. I think that's what things like captions. Yeah, for sure, captions. I think the you know one thing that's on on our minds a lot um, is you know, not everyone has the budget to deliver an event like C-Event Connect or get the, the level of support that might be required in order to deliver captioning and, and have an on-site production team and things like that. Um, and AI has really helped move uh, automated captions forward a lot, give people tools that can create, um, you know, those transcriptions as well as, you know, automatically translating things into different languages. And, mm -hmm. and while you know, that's probably never going to be quite as good as having somebody doing it, you know, professionally, it can be a lot more affordable. And, you know, we'd, we'd rather see more people create open and accessible experiences, um, you know, on, on balance than only have it be available to the very top end of the market. So, you know, we're thinking about how we can um, continue to, to improve our products just to make that easier for, for people who don't have the um, the budget or potentially the time, you know, to navigate some of the complexities there. And even simple things like check-in, you're checking to event. What if somebody's deaf, they want to check in, they have trouble communicating. There are mobile apps now that are free to download where somebody who's deaf, you, it shows on one side, it shows a keyboard and the other side, it's a, it's a microphone. So I can speak to someone, you know, do you need help registering? And it will show up. Do you help need, need help registering with a question mark? And then they type in yes. And we can, communicate back and forth all through holding a phone. And what, what's the alternative? Would they maybe grab a piece of paper? They have to write it down. We, it makes it more seamless and more human, more personal. And, uh, you know, and I've been writing a lot of stories um, and almost from a curiosity standpoint of, uh, you know, once we get back to in-person meetings kind of at full force, how will things have changed from before the pandemic? And I think this may be, one of those areas that in the last couple of years, this AI technology has improved, the recognition of the need for this has improved. So do you think when we go back to face-to-face in-person meetings that there's gonna be more people adopting and or demanding this and providing this for attendees? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think my example is for, this was a prior company, my test lead was a quadriplegic. I mentioned her a lot. Her name was Lisa, and uh, she could not use her legs at all. She could not use her, well, I always say she couldn't, she could use her right hand minimal, but she couldn't type. So she used a mouth stick. She literally had a, you know, she controlled her wheelchair with her mouth or with her in the side of her face. And she used a, a sorry, I'm, you can't, I'm holding up a pen, but she would 
with the mouth stick, she would move to select letters and it was called a sip puff. She wanted to select something she would blow or she would suck to, what is it, left click, right click. So um, long story short, she didn't go to events. She, you know, yeah. just the logistics of her trying to get to the airport and getting on a plane and in her wheelchair that it's not like she can borrow a wheelchair at the airport. She needed her chair, yeah. period. She can go to events now. And now that she has that benefit and now that these uh, these uh, these uh, planners and people giving these events, they don't want to lose Lisa. Right. We realize now that, my God, this is she's she's beneficial. We want her there before it was like, well, you can't come here in person. Let's let's meet. Let's have drinks. Let's go to Vegas. Let's have this great event. No, you, you have to include everybody. And yeah, I think I, it's, the, the shift is done. I, yeah. I genuinely think that it's and it's not going to change. Hey, do you think we're going to be surprised? Like, here is all these people who never had a voice. We never heard their knowledge, their input. And is, it, is this going to be something like five years from now? We're like, wow, those were the dark ages yeah. when these well, people were not allowed to participate, basically. Yeah, for a very long time, we didn't use the word discrimination, but it really is. It's We were discriminating against a, a select group of humans. Um, I, I've heard this for a very long time that people with disabilities, they didn't want anything extra. They just wanted equal opportunities to like to work, to participate. That was it. You know, it's not like they're asking for the world. They just want the, your your pro your products, your website, to work with their assisted technology. It's really not that hard. Yeah. Um, it's a little more expensive. It's a little harder, but it's not like it's we're going to rip we're going to completely redo one of our cement products. And no, it's tweaks here and there to make it work. The it's it's ninety whatever percent is already accessible. It's little yeah. tweaks that make it work really, really well, make it really usable. And I think, you know, one one big positive, in addition to the technology stuff, is um, the increased awareness from customers. You know, I think there, if we went back in time, you know, before so many events were happening in a remote format, you know, the the planners might not have thought about creating an accessible experience because they weren't hearing as much from those people because they weren't mm -hmm. coming to events, you know, right. and now that they've been through the experience of having somebody reach out to them and say, you know, Hey, I rely on a, on a screen reader and I'm having a hard time, you know, participating in this part of the event. You know, all of a sudden it's something that they're thinking about and realizing that they can reach that audience and that, that people are out there who, you know, for whatever reason are, are just not able to attend in person. And so I think that awareness is a, a huge, huge step. Um, you know, I think we do see some areas where there is a lot more awareness and has been historically, especially in higher ed, like Stephen mentioned. Um, but growing that awareness, especially into more like marketing oriented use cases, I think will be a big positive for the industry as a whole. And, you know, more distributed uh, work opportunities are a huge step forward. And all of this will keep pushing technology in a positive direction. Um, I think one thing that I'm hoping continues is innovation also in the hardware space. And this mm -hmm. is a little bit outside of our business, but when we think about creating a, a hybrid or, or um, well, it's particularly relevant to hybrid events, um, it, it can get quite expensive you know, to have on-site production. And we don't want you know, people to have to choose um, between reaching you know, everyone who wants to participate in their event um, or not based on that type of cost. So seeing more innovation around, you know, what can be done simply with a smartphone or smaller, less expensive dedicated devices for live streaming, 
um, has a lot of potential. There's been some really cool innovation there related to youth sports, which is kind of interesting. You know, people just wanting to be able to watch their grandkids uh, play soccer, whatever the case may be, like that technology can find its way also into into meetings and events and allow people who don't have a big budget for an on-site team to still be able to reach that remote audience. And, you know, how can planners who may not have, uh, this not a, hasn't been a, as big of a priority as it should have been, how do they begin their journey to um, ensure that they're delivering a more accessible and inclusive experience? I mean, there's a lot of information out there. I think the start is you have to, you have to start with, I don't, I don't want to sound like a sales guy, but you have to start with accessible software. You, you, it, it, you have to have that as part of your, I guess, procurement process or whatever they would call it. Mm -hmm. You have to go through with, just like with security, you have to make sure your software is secure. You know, somebody's not going to pay with a credit card and then somebody and, you know, is going to steal it. You, 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 you have to make sure it's accessible from the beginning. Um, and there are still things that, can go wrong when you're creating it. So, I mean, there's training out there. We're hoping to do some things, not just training. We're actually hoping to do an accessibility certification for CVET products. So this is a little more, you know, forward thinking another year from now, maybe, but um, there's a lot of information out there. We just hope now when people realize about accessibility, they'll actually go out and use that information because there are guidelines for all this and standards. Yeah. And I think we think about it kind of in it's a little bit of a two-pronged approach for us. It's like one is, thinking about things that we can do to help educate the industry more. And I think, you know, thinking about certifications like that could be a big positive. Mm -hmm. um, and then also just thinking about it when we're building our products too and, and training our, our teams, whether they're building the software, designing the software or supporting it to make sure that they know, you know, when to think about, um, you know, workflows that might be different for somebody who relies on assistive technologies questions to ask, you know, when we're supporting an event from a professional services perspective, you know, asking questions to the planners around, you know, what they've thought about related to accessibility, just to make sure that that's part of the planning process. Uh, and then in, in the product itself, um, thinking about things that we can do to help someone create an accessible experience when they're not an expert. Because, you know, the reality is we, you know, not everyone is going to be an expert on um, all these things. It's a really, um, yeah, there, there's a lot to learn. Right. And, and so we want to help make it um, make accessibility accessible, I guess you could say, and give people, you know, helpful prompts when they're setting up their events. So they know if they choose um, a certain combination of brand colors, that it's not going to create an accessible experience and just make sure that we're being proactive with the product itself. Yeah. So we for, we like Carl mentioned, there are I mentioned standards. There's one called WCAG, WCAG Web Content Accessibility Guidelines. And they say the color contrast should be at least 4.5 to 1 for somebody who may be colorblind or have color vision deficiency um, or low vision that they can discern between the, the text and the background, the foreground and the background. So if somebody picks a color, like Carl mentioned, I'm going to do yellow on orange. It's their choice, but we will flag it and say, that's a bad color contrast. Consider a different color. Problem is they could still say, you know, whatever, I'm going to do it. And then they have all their attendees who are squinting at the screen, like, I can't read this, you know, or if they're on a mobile and it's a bright room, they can't see it or, you know what I mean? So we want to prevent that, um, mitigate the risk. They can still do it. And that's part of where additional training comes in, but at least we let them know, hey, hit the brakes. You know, that's a bad color contrast. Here's here and here's why. And yeah. um, so, you know, CVAN has brought on a senior product manager for accessibility. Uh, kudos for that. What other steps um, has CVAN been taking uh, from a product and education perspective to 
really advance accessibility in the industry? Yeah, I mean, we can we we can both weigh in there. You know, historically, we've had a lot of sort of kind of grassroots efforts, you know, across the organization. Different people who are are knowledgeable about accessibility really pushing it, as well as you know, our customers certainly demanding um, that we meet expectations that they have around accessibility. And we started to incorporate um, accessibility training into internal certifications that we do, like around development and testing. And that's really helped kind of level up our teams. And then Steven's really helping us better formalize that as a program across the whole organization. Yeah, they were already, now we have it formalized. formalized. We have it, we have our first, I think 13 people who graduated, yay. But uh, we have a, a QE quality engineering accessibility certification program. Oh. At the time it was uh, a, a, another training vendor. We've since, since switched to one, um, we've bought, over 500 licenses, we're training all of our people. And I mean, anyone in the software development life cycle. So traditionally it's like, you're gonna train your testers and then they test for accessibility and they send it back to developers who don't know how to fix it. Mm -hmm. There's a design, design issue, it goes back to the UX, the user experience folks, and they don't know how to do a redesign. So we made it absolutely mandatory, including Carl, the product owner. So he's not a developer anymore, but he needs to be able to understand if somebody comes to him to a question for the question. We bought and we're buying in blocks of 500 this year. I think we're going to go through a thousand, but licenses to train everybody on accessibility. It's a third party vendor. We're also doing, I mean, we're in the process of getting our people better with this. We have some very good developers, some very good testers, some very good UX on for accessibility. We brought in an independent third party to an accessibility firm to test our products and write, it's what's called a VPAT, a voluntary product accessibility template, but they write this uh, statement of accessibility. We're gonna put it on our public website to let people know where our products stand. Completely you know, uh, uh, unbiased review of our products. They're gonna list all the accept exemptions if we pass, if we don't, if we're somewhere in between all to these, these global standards. And um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I really think when we really get back to in-person meetings, especially, we're going to see a lot of things that have changed. And I think that rate of change is going to be rapid. Um, you know, what kind of solutions and innovations you see on the horizon for accessibility in meetings and in the yeah. hospitality industry? And, and what are your, your company's goals there? Well, yeah, I think one thing that, that I'm excited about, um, you know, I talked a little bit about some of the hardware stuff. Um, but there's also some great advancements in the way that oper like mobile operating systems are addressing accessibility. So, you know, Apple with iOS has some really great stuff coming up in, in the next version to help add, um, they're bringing in automated captioning for video that they deliver, for example. Um, we also take advantage of things that are tied into, um, tied into those device settings related to things like text size. So it might seem like a minor thing, but everyone can set a different uh, default text size on their device. And so we respect that in the experience that we provide in our mobile app so that, you know, if somebody needs a much larger, um, you know, text size in order to make things readable for them, they still have a good experience uh, when they're using our apps. So that's kind of a basic example, but, you know, it's good to have these things move into the operating system level because it takes some of the risk of you know, uh, building software out of it and that you know somebody could come along and build an app and, and not really be familiar with those settings, um, but still have a good experience that they're able to provide people. Uh, and another example would be um, you know on the browser, Google Chrome, for example, now allows you to just turn on automated captions for everything and they'll, they'll just show captions every time 
you know, video or audio content is playing, which I, I personally find very helpful for myself. Um, so I think there's some good things happening just at the sort of platform level. Um, and then also just being able to take advantage of those advancements and things like AI, as you were saying, and um, also, you know, making uh, hardware and, and other solutions for delivering those accessible experiences easier for people to afford. Excellent. Um, and then thanks for joining us uh, today. I appreciate it. Um, one final question. Um, Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Um, how is CVENT commemorating it? Uh, so we're doing uh, two, two training sessions company-wide. Uh, so invite sent from our, you know, from the C-level chief technology officer to all 4,000 people. Uh, we're doing two uh, trainings on uh, global, I'm sorry, uh, introduction to accessibility. So it's, it's, we, it's not, it's, it's um, for starters, you know, it's a, a higher level, kind of the basics, color contrast keyboard, but we want everybody to be thinking about it and talking about it, including with their clients. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate it. My Thank pleasure. you, Tyler. It's a pleasure. And that was uh, Carl Aldrich, uh, Senior Director of Product Management, and Stephen Cutchins, Senior Product Manager for Accessibility for CVAN. Um, I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director of Meetings Today. Thank you for joining us for the, uh, this Meetings Today podcast. If you want to hear more of our podcasts with thought leaders in the meetings industry, head on over to meetingstoday.com. Check out our podcast section um, and uh, whatever you're doing for the rest of the day, go out and have a great one. And um, let's uh, all think about um, those uh, who you know need to be served better by our community and our, and our um, industry on, um, accessi uh, on uh, Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Thanks, guys. Thank you.